A doom, 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 doom. Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we finally got it right at the very end. It was good. I did it a little slower. It was supposed to be a little melancholy. Yeah, yeah, that's, yep. I understand that because it's the end. It's the end. And, um, and you know, we're going to talk about the end. And I felt like the end was like, you know, uh, a time for mourning, you know, in a way. Yeah, absolutely. In a, in a few different ways, I think. What? I, I said it's, <laughs> it's time for mourning in a few different ways. Yeah. In a few different ways. Um, so we're, we're done. We're done with Doom Messiah. We finished the book. We finished the damn book. Um, how many, do you know how many episodes it was instead of like the, the 10 it took us before? Um, okay. So let's see. We... Episode 10 was the last chapter of Dune. Or was was the last five chapters of Dune. Episode yeah. 11 was the movie. Right. Um, 12 was the first Dune Messiah. Let's see if I can figure this out really quickly. I think I can. I got them right here. Um, let's see. Because you only posted like one or two, but... Yeah. Um... Ba, 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 ba. Um, uh, all right, I think. Okay, so I'm pretty sure this is the 16th episode. So, so is that five or four? That's is that four? Five, five, five. Yeah, five. Eleven. So wait, no, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. 16 yeah, yeah five. five. So half, half of of uh, half of the episodes of of uh that that we covered Dune. So. Yeah, which is which is right. I mean, it's I think it's under half of Dune, like just page wise, right? Yeah, but, definitely. Um, this was two hundred. My my copy, our copy, two hundred seventy nine pages. Yeah, as opposed to Dune's nearly eight hundred for me, but I know that our our copies were different there too. But yeah, and if we have, and that was like without the glossary too. Yeah, that that was without the glossary, and then also, um, just think about um, if we had not counted those first two, like the first two prologues as as chapters, it right. would have been even shorter. So, right. I mean, we. I guess um, that's true. I wonder if we still would have decided that this would be the end. We probably maybe maybe it would have been the same amount of episodes, and we just were, would have read two more chapters for this. Yeah, maybe possible. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Doesn't matter. But we don't have uh we don't have prescience. No. No, we don't. Not anymore. Um <laughs> But prescience doesn't seem to help anyone. No, no, it seems to be more of a curse and affliction. Yeah. According to Paul Muadib, that that's certainly the case. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean we gotta just dive right into it. There's uh, obviously so much happens. Um, there's there's going to be a lot to talk about. I think the the first thing to talk about is uh 
So how many chapters were there in this section? Okay, so I know we talked about this last time. When I went, so I did go back and count after because because you told yeah. you told me not to tell you how many chapters there were. Um, yeah, right. And I didn't, but that made me want to know because I, I I remember we were gonna we made a bet. I did count four, mm-hmm. but I could have counted incorrectly. I know I counted I, four I, plus I, the epilogue. I. I think you counted wrong. I mean, I do that pretty often, so that's that's. Likely. Let's go, let's go through it because here's, uh, let's see, because we're gonna talk about each chapter anyways. Yes. So maybe I'll just keep you waiting. We'll just talk about the chapters keep one by one, and then we'll just see how many chapters how many chapters we talk about, right? Yeah, that's that's fine. That's fine. All right. So, um, you know, if you're unsure, like Connor, this will be a, a fun mystery, you know, that'll get solved as we go on. And if you can count like me and, and most <laughs> other people, then, uh, you will, there's no suspense to this, but that's, that's how we'll play it. All right. So the first chapter of this final section, it's the chapter where hate and bejazz uh talk talk together hate visits bejazz in his uh his cell bejazz is like locked up and you know hate kind of thinks he has the upper hand you know he's like i could i could kill you if i want or i could have the guide you know kill you and bejazz is like what the fuck man Oh. oh man and uh but it but it turns out Bajaz has the upper hand after all. You can play it that boy his... like a flute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. Cause he like whistles. Or hums. He hums. Yeah. Yeah. It's the it's the music, yeah. Um I I liked this this chapter I thought it was very strong especially after the the last episode we kind of talked and I, I kind of felt uh, uncertain of our new friend Bajaz um, probably didn't handle that that discussion uh, very well last time I, I think I, I just want I just want to mention too you know that I wasn't wasn't totally sure how to how to approach the topic, but I felt that using a a character of small stature, referred to as a dwarf in the text, uh, you know, kind of had its own baggage, and um, Bilbo baggage. I, f- I I think definitely there were parts in the last episode where the way I presented that uh was was perhaps too lighthearted, you know, even even coming off as a as a joke making jokes and I don't want to joke about that. So I just want to mention too. Yeah. What? <laughs> Did you... <laughs> In your heartfelt serious. I'm just trying to say that apology. I'm not, that I'm not make. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that was pretty funny. I mean, I, ho- I hope that's recognized for the, the good humor that it was. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, but... I, so, um, 
Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I I I am going to echo that sentiment if I if if I handled that um um you know, not in the right way or callously. Um I, you know, do apologize. Um Yeah, uh we're 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 kind of out of our depth talking about these things. Um definitely don't think uh we uh, we're we, you know we're we're not the experts on this. And, no, very. Um, yeah, very far it's, away. it's it's obviously not okay to use um, somebody's height or uh, you know some some uh, trait of theirs of their appearance or anything as a as a joke really in any way. Yeah, um, uh, unless unless you're like ginger, right? And then like that's kind of like the exception to the rule I've heard before is like if you're ginger, that's mm-hmm. okay. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'll, I'll have to ask the guild, the ginger guild, <laughs> uh, not the Navajo right. guild. Uh, Please do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we can. And I think we even ref. We even we as we were talking about it, and we were walking into uh, um, murky territory. I think. Uh, I, I think we even referenced that we. Um, yeah, we, we 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 knew we were stumbling through it. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think so too. I just, I. I feel like uh, this this chapter, it's weird. I think it does a little bit of back and forth here, but like a lot of it too was kind of riding on like, oh, you know, I don't know how Frank Herbert's going to like use this character. You know, we were saying that it kind of feels like maybe like a magical, yeah, uh, little person. He's he's not just trope. A, yep, he he's he's not just a um, a quirky accessory like he very easily could have been, and like maybe we thought he was going to be for a minute. Yeah, I I think this chapter does a lot of work, considering he's not around for much longer. You know, uh, no. the jazz doesn't doesn't have a lot of time necessarily, and uh, you know, spoiler alert, he does not stick around uh, for the the duration of this this book. He does not he does not make it to the end. So no, but presumably there won't be Bajaz and Children of Doom. Unfortunately, not. Um, unless he had a child that we don't know about. Yeah, but I, but I just mean like <laughs> I'm just I, joking. I think um, what I'm really trying to say is um, this chapter I think was like a very strong Bajaz chapter, and I liked I it. But then he actually plays a very pivotal role in in you know the turning point of the story. He does, but it also is a bit tooly because. It's kind of, you know, all he does, he does like this one thing and then uh well the thing that that it's makes good. that okay, he has a lot in, of in my opinion and character in, I don't um, think it's bad. I mean, he he says and they all like Othime and and Bajaz himself say that he's a tool from right from the very beginning. Yeah. So that's that's been known. It's just like we didn't really know what a, a tool exactly for what. Obviously we find out and um and and what is he a tool for, Connor? Um, hate, hate, really? Yeah, he's he he can kind of control hate, and I guess his his uh plot, his idea, or or what he's been programmed to do is to um manipulate hate into uh I mean really 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 fucked up stuff. Um, yeah. 
into convincing Paul once Chani is dead to um, revive her in Gola form, and then uh, you know ultimately kill him. Um, but 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 you know if, if you know if if that was to work, then then they could manipulate. You know, if if Chani was under Gola control, obviously, then um, the Tlailaju, Tlailaju, yeah. however, however uh, you want to pronounce it, um, they would they would have have Muad'Dib by the 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 Muad balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the Muad dick. <laughs> Muad dick. That that was yeah. low hanging. That was low hanging fruit. No pun intended. And I missed it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um totally. I I like uh Bajaz's like cryptic explanation here uh you know, he's he's the weapon pointed at uh at hate ultimately, you know. Like hate at first thinks that he's you know, after the emperor and right like you're saying in a way he is, but he he is really uh there for hate. So, um, and I mean, the, the, I don't know, uh, man. I mean, there's scary thing is, is that, um, you know, hate doesn't buy it. Hate's like, Oh, I've got free will. I can do what I want. But you know, certain words that, uh, Bajaz says that, you know, they, they, they lock hate down and, and actually physically. Oh yeah. Yeah. There is that great part where, uh, hate is like, I'm not a slave. And then, uh, Bajaz just says "quiet slave," and then yeah. uh, and and he has to command. Essentially, he 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 is proven wrong in an instant, in a way. Yep. So 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 that of course he doesn't end in, up uh, being uh, the slave necessarily, but yeah, I mean, but that leaves us, you know, thinking that you know Paul and company are in immediate peril, which is true, but um. <clears throat> Obviously, we we've we've known that Paul has has started trusting hate, obviously because of the Duncan Idaho connection, uh, him actually yeah. being Duncan Idaho in gold form, and uh, so I mean th- this is this is the perfect weapon to destroy Paul. It is, and then you kind of have to think about if. You're kind of always wondering, like, how much does he know anyways? How much um, like, you're wondering if are you, like, one step ahead of him or is he one step ahead of you in that, like, does Paul know all this shit? You know? And to what extent um you kind of don't realize how far ahead people are planning until it all comes to light. Yeah. And I mean, uh, we, we already know too, that, you know, his vision is not perfect and Bajaz actually was totally omitted from his vision. Yes. So that's, so he's even more dangerous. Presumably because of Bajaz's own prescience, which is why, he also knows to tell hate the words she is gone. Yes. You know? Yep. Um, so they're also planning for this like inevitable 
Yeah, she is uh, gone. Our um, our hates trigger words to trigger this this uh, this reaction in him. Yeah. For for she is gone. Who did you think? Uh, I mean, were you were you pretty much just like sold on Johnny as like a matter of fact? Did, did you consider anyone else? Well, so who could be gone? Obviously, at first you think it's going to be Johnny, of course, because you know we've been teased about her 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 dying from the beginning of the book pretty much yeah um but then i don't know if it's ne- the next chapter or the one after that but uh when Aaliyah overdoses on on worm juice yeah you know, <laughs> yeah she, she then down the worm juice yeah. then i kind of i you know i mean hate even brings it up you can't let a member of the atreides a female member of the atreides die because he you know he's he's not sure why but but he just feels like he right. can't let that happen so you think oh maybe it'll be Aaliyah. Um, mm-hmm. so, so yeah, they, they did try to kind of subvert, subvert your expectations a little bit there. They do. Let's talk about that next chapter, unless there's anything else you want to discuss here quick. I don't think so. I just think, um, I don't know. It, uh, I, I, I loved hate, you know, since we, we've met him, but, um, but this, chapter really made me feel feel very bad for him and uh this made me really believe that he actually he is on 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 team atreides totally 100 percent. yeah this chapter definitely makes it very clear you know there's no one around that he has to try and fool it definitely seems like um that he's he's like you know bearing his his soul that that the last thing he wants to do is to to harm Paul, um, right? And yet he knows he's part of this plan that he, he can't he can't totally fight it. You know, just like Paul, he's sort of on this path that something else made for him, and and even though he doesn't want to be on it. Uh, he's made to be, you know, he, he can't not be a part of it. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's our first chapter discussed. And then just like you're saying, we get to, uh, Aaliyah it was a really great hate chapter too, though. And, and so is this one. He, I think he really, uh, comes into his own, you know, like, I mean, he really comes into his own in a, in a couple chapters. Comes but... into his own? Yeah. Uh, okay, Aaliyah's going, like, vision crazy. Yeah, she has to... She's trying to figure out what her brother sees that she can't see, right? She... She can, but everything is like warping. Like she's taken so much worm juice that she doesn't like see the present anymore. When she looks at hate, she sees him like morph back and forth between a child and an old man. Like, yeah. Yeah. Shit like that. Uh, she's trying to get a vision of what she thinks Paul has seen. You know, she's exactly. like trying to wonder why Paul's doing all this shit. Um, 
and she feels like if she takes enough of the WJ that uh, she'll get this intense vision that like answers all her questions. Uh, but as it is a poison that needs to be broken down, clearly taking a lot of it is still very dangerous. And I didn't really think Aaliyah was going to die the whole time the hate is like saying, oh, we got to get you to a doctor or this and that. You know, Aaliyah brushes it off because she's just too too focused on her vision. But I thought that she might just be fine anyways. It turns out she isn't and that hate makes the right call. But so clearly it was even too much for her. You know, it was an insane amount. Even she can overdose. Yep. Yep. No one's safe, man. Um, but I think it's interesting kind of watching her uh, her descent into uh, Spice Madness. Yeah. Yeah, it did remind me of uh, Jessica taking the the same drink, the Water of Life. And, you know, her all her revelations, like, um, Frank Herbert does such a good fucking job at these, these vision sequences, you know, and when Hate asks her, uh, are you with child, uh, which one is, like, big anyways, we're gonna have to talk more about that, but... The next line is, uh, she struggled to fix herself in a time-space relationship to this question. With child, when, where, you know? Uh, so it's it's just cool to see, like, in writing, the way that untethering, like, works. You know, it, yeah. it makes it feel like the... I don't know. I, I think he explains the visions and the prescience like just enough like with a lot of things that it, it feels really believable you know it's not that she just has this crystal clear vision like she's watching a movie you know it's something that she's experiencing for herself um in like waves in in still her body being in the present but like everything else morphing around her into weird like vision time lapses and shit. Yeah, and I mean she I, I think she says that she can see her her child too, but you know. She she can. And in fact the the chapter ends she's positive that she's going to have a child. Yeah. Um and she also says that <clears throat> the child is going to be born like her, you know, fully yes, yes, yes. Yep. conscious. fully conscious. Yes. before birth. Um and is is this when um is it hate that reveals that um you know the plot to uh to get Paul to impregnate Aaliyah? Yes. To yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, cuz Aaliyah can't she says she can't see the father. That's when she realizes that maybe that figure was was her brother and that's why she couldn't see it. Yeah, yeah. She she has her own mini freak out about that too, you know. Um like any teen would. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> we've all been there. Don't I know it? Uh, anyways. Um, so, yeah, I. it's interesting that they, like, keep this this thread. I mean, not that they keep it, but it's not really... I don't know, I guess it is resolved, sort of. I mean, it's still not, but, like, the end end of the book, I still am kind of with the it's, it's hate uh, somehow. You know, they... Yeah, that's what it that's what it seems like. Um, I mean, they don't, they, they definitely don't land on incest within this book. Unless something was done, was manipulated off screen. And there's a lot of off screen shit, a lot of off page shit that, that happens. There is. We're going to talk, we're going to talk about that because that, that bothers me a little. Yeah. But, um, at any rate, I think this chapter was another really, really great piece of writing. Um, you know, they, uh, they kind of admit their love for each other in a way. It's not as clear as the way they say it at the very end, but clearly they love each other. Um, And it, it really just kind of like ups the the tension, you know. Aaliyah feels like she has this this vision, but really it's just, you know, that. Uh, of course, she sees Chani dying. I'm sure, and you know, she's like, "Oh, you know, Paul's just like part of this giant trap plan," you know. Uh, yeah. But that's. That's pretty much what this covers. Uh, anything here you want to mention that I didn't touch on? Or any thoughts before we go on to our next chapter? No, I think the only thing that I would say is... Um, you know, if, if the previous chapter made hate kind of feel legitimized, I felt like this chapter maybe uh, made the the romance between... Aaliyah and Hay legitimized. But also, also, um, it made me realize, um, actually not, not this, but I did realize how much older Hay is, is than Aaliyah. And that, uh, skeeved me out a little bit. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I didn't realize that either. Um, what in this chapter made you realize that? I forget though. It was, remember? I'm 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 realizing this uh this now that well okay so I did think about it in this chapter because I know she's like 15 or something she's very young, um, yeah, and I knew hey or Duncan Idaho was an adult when Paul was like 15, um yeah but then also but then what really made me realize was was when um when I I think it's late I mean. Not to get in, in, into spoilers, but when he, when he it's calls fun, fun. Paul young master, you know, and and yeah, and and says he was kind of like a son to him, or you know, like so, so yeah, that's, so that that's kind of uh, I don't know. I guess different times. I guess the future. Yeah, no, those the are all pretty wild. 
those are all good indicators that you listed. What made me think about it was, um, I, f I forget when it is exactly, but he says something like, uh, like, oh, you remind me, you, you remind me of your grandfather. He says, to yes, Paul. yes, 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 yes. And honest, honestly, like Duncan's a lot older than I realized even from the first book, because I kind of thought that Hawit was the only one who knew Leto's dad, the Paul's grandfather. Yeah. I thought that Gurney and uh, Duncan might have been like hired later. You know, I kind of thought that they were like in their thirties. Um, yeah, I feel like they were young bucks. Maybe at the end of uh, Grandpa Atreides' run. Um, but yeah, he's got to be in his like mid fifties at the at the very least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think so too because like the Paul's dad. I don't think was that old. Like I thought Paul's dad and Duncan and whatever, like we're all the same age, you know, like mid to late thirties is kind of what I would pick them as. Uh, and so like, yeah, when he said you remind me of your grandfather, I was like, couldn't he just said you remind me of your dad, but they don't even, yeah. he's like, no, no. Yeah. Uh, so, but whatever it is, it's not, it's not brought up. So yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's plenty of odd relationship stuff around here if you uh think about it for more than two seconds. But um but Must definitely be normalized a good point. in this society. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean if if you think about it as like the whole uh feudal you know, middle ages kind of thing, like I, I certainly I don't think they would think it was as weird perhaps, but um, but it is, <laughs> but, but it is weird. So, um, okay. So that was the second chapter. So now we're going to the third one. It is Chani at Syach Tabir. Um, and she, she goes into labor and, Hate takes her to um, the delivery room to have the baby. And at the end of the chapter, Hate recognizes that he's been rigged with a compulsion um, because of Bajaz. That he, he knows before it's happened, he's learned through his like Mentat Zensuni thinking that the reason he feels the way that he does is because Bajaz has like awakened the, you know, the sleeper. Yes, exactly. Within him. And um, so you're like, Oh, what's going to come of that? And we'll talk about that. But, but that's kind of our synopsis here. What do you want to expand on? Anything? Um, so yeah, they go to, okay. Oh, so, so for this, um, 
I've been pronouncing it Siech. You've been pronouncing it Siech. I yeah, I do. Um, but I found out that Frank Herbert pronounces it Siech. <laughs> so we're both we're 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 uh, it's half and half. Yeah, we gotta slap our uh, our pronunciations together, huh? Yeah. So what did you? watch like an interview with him or something or how do you No, i've i've just been reading dune uh well actually um this is not related but um and i've got to link you to a great piece by frank herber on the genesis of dune that i think you'd really Mm. enjoy um we can talk about that sometime maybe after you read it but uh but no yeah i've just been i've just been uh wandering around in the duneverse online trying not to see spoilers yeah it's tough i I've like been wanting to look at Dune shit too, and I kind of thought like, oh, after I read the first book, like, you know, what spoilers am I gonna get? Like, none. I've read Dune, but obviously now we're going through and reading these five other books, and I'm sure that um, you know, people who like Dune also use the internet. So I, I've not looked at anything. I haven't read any threads or like looked at fan art or I don't know, you you know, nothing. Yeah, I've. I mean, luckily, I have not been like spoiled about anything major. Um, just kind of like I've gotten just indications about certain things, but um, but I, I'm not a spoiler phobic because you are, so I'm totally fine with that. No, no, no. But I, you know, I like not knowing, obviously, and so like. I don't know what's going to happen in Children of Dune or yeah. God Emperor. Or, you know, I don't know what the time spaces are in between the books, the the time skips, if any. You know, with Children of Dune, it feels like it could. Um, but I'm sure it'll pick off with Paul's children being grown. Sounds like, but still, still a lot, still a lot, man. To yeah. get through. So this this chapter is this is when they all go to the sea edge. The whole crew. Yeah, yeah. We don't meet up with anyone yet, but they are already there. Yeah, and um, um, uh, yeah, they're all there. Paul, Chani, Hate, Aaliyah, um, the Reverend Mother, uh, Bajaz, mm-hmm. um, Edric, Edric. Yeah, yeah. The, the Sightail. Sightail. Well, yes, Sightail. Still, still as Lickna, yes, Alfium's daughter. Yes, but yeah, Sightail's there. Um, the one thing that I picked up from, I mean, I mean, this this chapter is just mostly, um, I don't know, it's Chani's uh, final hours. Um, yes, but the one thing that sticks out in my head is, I think she says how uh, you know Paul, Paul insisted on flying his own thopter to the ch yeah even though he's he's blind um yeah obviously with with the vision but uh i thought that was really telling about paul's mental state uh at the moment and um yeah i think i was right about that yeah that need to feel in control perhaps yeah absolutely yeah no, I, I think so too. It was definitely a, a good detail to, to slip in, and also, you know, kind of pulls double duty, showing us just how well he can see 
quote unquote with his oracular vision yeah. because obviously uh to be able to do that is uh an amazing feat and it so is. um his vision does not exactly stay the same uh so I, I i do think it was good to include that detail to to juxtapose it to show like just how clearly he is able to live you know within his future memories yeah um, yep and i'm also it it was also concerning cuz i'm like well where the fuck is he like if if you think your your wife is or your concubine is going to die imminently why are are you not spending all the time possible left with her yeah um, so i mean he's he's avoiding her he's avoiding it yeah so you think the reason for that is uh fear essentially just that he he can't face her which she might be grateful for because yeah. every time she sees his face you know like would you want your last glimpse of uh your beloved to be with like just uh, eyeless sockets yeah i don't know no yeah i mean you know he he could could be doing her a kindness and also i think that he he knows he cannot stop it or or the or or um the only way he could stop it is by uh you know uh, making a deal for a far worse fate yeah yeah he he feels that he needs to uh, live within the parameters of the vision as best he can, or else yeah. something something worse will take its place. Uh, which is, I don't know. Um, I, I I like a lot the I like a lot I the way that this book handles prescience has been very interesting. Um, and especially the way it's made me think about Paul, you know, where I'm still like going back and forth on his handling of so many things, you know, and, um, I think it's easy being the audience member and being like, well, if you know these things, if you, if you see the future, then, you know, why, why do you feel so powerless to be able to stop it? I guess, you know, and, and then the answer the book provides is, you know, Paul has lived all these countless lives and, and other ways in his head already thousands of times, you know? And, uh, and so he does pick this one as the, the best one in a way. I mean, he kind of mentions that if he were to do something different, that Chani would be taken as like a slave and their children would be, I don't know, killed or taken away. And you know, it's like, right. So it's definitely horrible. And so Paul has to make this impossible choice. Um, And so I get from like a, a narrative perspective why these things happen i do think it feels a little bit more like like you know paul has this burden only he can carry and and chani still almost feels like a sacrifice Mm -hmm. and i think that feels a little tropey too in the way that you know it's like you have the woman die for like 
character development, you know? And, um, so I think overall, Chani's death is actually handled pretty well. And the way things play out makes sense within the story, I feel. But that well-crafted story, I think, still houses a lot of the same building blocks as uh, lesser lesser made stories, perhaps, that, sure. that kind of have the same, you know, um, you know, Paul is this tortured, isolated, uh, super awesome guy that has to let his his female love interest die because it's like best for her essentially and uh it's totally true again but it had me rolling my eyes just a little bit because i feel like chani was done a little dirty perhaps yeah i i think she deserved a lot better um and i think she is i don't know she's a very strong character and i wish there was more of of her questioning her fate, you know, and um, trying to dig more into Paul's psyche to uh, to figure things out. Um, but she also explains why she doesn't do that. So I think it's fair. But um, yeah, I mean this this book had a good amount of Chani in it, but I I think it would have been it would have been improved with more with more Chani with with more um, kind of struggle. Yeah, in 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 her mind, it's all Paul's struggle about her. There, there's you know, there's there's uh, very little that she has to really say about it. Right. Yeah, and she she misconstrues a lot of like Paul's feelings too. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I feel like she has a moment, like a lot of characters. I don't know if I should say a lot. I don't know what examples I have to point to, but I, I remember reading these chapters and feeling like a lot of the characters get this, uh, like a moment of prescience, just like Paul in a way, mm-hmm. even if they aren't, you know, uh, prescient themselves, the way that, that Paul is the way that Edric is, you know, I think Chani, knows that she's going to die. Um, cause just before she has to be taken to the delivery room, uh, hate is like, Oh, uh, like now is it time? And Chani's like, uh, uh, yes, it's time, you know? And I just felt like the way she said, it, it's like, you know, it's time. Obviously you get like the dual meaning. It's time for her to give birth. But I, I think she recognizes it as the time for her to die too. Mm-hmm. And that's like that that also that's what's like been torturing Paul. Like I think that crystallizes for her just be- just before she's she's moved to give birth. Yeah, that's I think the you're right. I got. Yeah. Um and now we get to the really intense stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so that was chapter three. Uh, so I mean, now we're on. 
Now we're on four. Yep. The last uh, chapter. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, so there is, yeah, there's five plus the epilogue. Because the next chapter, after the the hate Chani... Hate has so much. It goes from hate Pajaz to hate Aaliyah to hate Chani uh, for those first three chapters there. He's making his rounds. I know. I know. Um, and then chapter four, we we finally get Paul, um, who oh, is... I forgot that Stilgar is in the crew, too. He's also there. He is, yep. Paul is just standing outside the Saich. Is that... The Siege. Yeah, but, but how would Frank Herbert say it? C-H. C-H. Yes. The C-H. Um, and, yeah, he's he's by himself. Um, and you do feel like that he should be with Chani, and I guess it, you know, I think the way the vision works, you'd probably just immediately argue, like, he's probably seen the vision and he needs to be outside, you know? Yeah. That he's he's kind of just forced to go through these motions, according to him. Like, maybe if he were to be by Chani's side like he wanted, uh, you know, he knows that he would make her a Gola or that mm-hmm. something else would happen, you know? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I, th- I think that's, um, that's a very fair point and, and probably a, a exactly the reason why he is uh, he's out there alone. Yeah. So... I'll, I'll just do kind of like what I've been doing. It's a tiny little synopsis, and then we'll talk about it. Or, I don't know, we could probably just discuss the last two chapters. Well, no. No, let's let's talk. There's enough that happens in this fucking chapter that we should yeah. just talk about this chapter. Okay. Um, yeah, Paul's outside uh, with hate. And then when the Fremen come out of the CH. Correct. Not bad, right? Not bad. Um, and tell Paul that uh, that Chani's dead, you know. Paul says she is gone. And right on cue. And uh hate takes note of that doesn't he he does yeah he uh he immediately realizes and um an internal battle begins yeah uh you want to talk about this a bit yeah i mean this is probably one of the uh most fist in the air moments of uh Maybe the, I mean, the, of the entire Dune series so far. Yeah. Um, you know, he kind of, uh, he's activated and realizes immediately what he has to do. And, and, um, I mean, he, he warns Paul, like, I think he like pretty much like says, like, you, like, you have to get out. Like you, you, you have to leave. Like I'm right. 
this I'm gonna like I'm gonna do this right now. This is this is what I've been programmed to do. This is what's happening. Um, but Paul is just has he has total confidence and uh, that that he's going that uh, hate will kind of break free from the programming and um, and also over the last two two or so chapters, like Aaliyah calls him Idaho, uh, you know Paul calls him Idaho, uh, and so th- this is this leads to his eventual. I guess self actualization, his all, like pretty much his identity as Duncan Idaho is restored. Yes. Um. In in this kind of make or break instant. Um. And yeah, him him returning to to his old uh memories and old persona. Like it's it really is just a it's it's such a it's like an exhilarating thing to read. Um. Yeah, I thought it was it it was done really really well, and you feel it just makes you feel so happy. Like it's it's kind of, it's it's funny because Duncan Idaho really was not like I mean he was he's a he played a big role, but like he was kind of a a generic kind of character in the in the in the first book. Um, yeah, and I just feel like hate has given him so many more dimensions, and definitely. Um, and we built him up now at this to this point where it's just it's a it's a fucking slam dunk when he when he regains it all um while still a slam duncan of, yeah yeah slam duncan where where he's he's duncan idaho but also you know knows he was hate and kind of both of those um people have combined essentially right yeah like in that sense He's not fully Duncan Idaho still because he does have his hate memories. Yeah. He does remember being hate. And he also mentions, you know, now he's a Mentat. Now he's a yep. Zensuni. Yep. Uh, so he's he's been given uh, more, you know, than what he was. Um, Absolutely. So, I, guess, I mean, you could definitely argue that it's not even... Duncan Idaho still because you know uh, because of the changes that have been made because of what he's had to go through to get there but yeah but when Paul says you're Duncan Idaho he says yes I am Duncan Idaho yeah yeah no I mean he he is yeah for all intents and, and purposes man, what a fucking scene <laughs> after all book it is after all book him saying no don't don't call me that i'm hate don't please that makes me sad please stop it and then no one stops <laughs> no one stops calling him duncan idaho the entire time yeah finally he is duncan idaho yeah 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 no duncan is revived according to the the characters which yeah is is pretty cool i mean um especially just to echo what you said like duncan idaho in the first dune book doesn't do anything like hot and gurney um get so much yeah and they should you know even yui who who was only around uh, for the first half of the book you know is is uh i feel like a more fleshed out character yeah yeah it really feels like frank herbert sat down and was like okay well last book was gurney and hot and you know i didn't really do anything with duncan and now we're going to, you know? Yeah. Which, I mean, it's a bold move. It's still, like, weird to think that in this sci-fi universe, you know, there's essentially a method to revive 
people in some ways. Yep. Um, bonkers. There's some important limitations and like moral quandaries to it that I seem like it's going to limit it. You know, that yeah. death is still real and and also left and right but this this scene is so um exhilarating and positive and like uplifting but it actually sets the stage for um something very sinister in the next chapter it does does. let's well here let's get through this chapter because this chapter just like keeps going so after after that, after Hate becomes Duncan because he makes the decision to not kill Paul, he's able to stop himself. They all go to Chani. Paul's lost his sight. Yeah, he, he walks into the room. Too. He walks into the room and he's actually blind and he's stumbling around. Um, yeah. Uh, and people are concerned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, he's legitimately blind. He's 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 lost his vision. Yep. Why? <laughs> That's a good question. Do you have an answer for that, or do you do you want to say anything about that, or should I? Twins, baby, twins. <laughs> Yeah, Chani was was right yeah. after all when uh, when she was concerned that Paul, you know, kept on referencing their baby as as singular when she knew she was having twins. Yeah, she just assumed Paul knew as well. Uh, but right. Nope. No, he was he was in the dark about that one. <laughs> he was. Yeah, he doesn't really know. He finds out right children. He's like, whoa! I've never. This was not part of the vision. Um. It's it's kind of interesting and so, like I mean we have a lot to talk about Jesus Christ but I I feel like in some ways you could think about it as like um you know Chani does literally have twins but I get the impression that it might kind of be like Paul and Aaliyah you know they're referred to multiple times by the Talela Jew specifically as like they're one person you know but Jazz says that. Uh, Aaliyah and Paul are two halves of the same male-female whole. You know, that they're one being, male and female. Uh, and I think that's that's being echoed here, you know, that she does have these twins. Uh, but I, I think they're going to have a Paul-Aaliyah kind of bond you know sort of relationship where um they they are they are so unique of themselves you know that no one else has been like them it's Mm. it's sort of like they uh they're still in the same womb even after they're born yeah yeah i think that's 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 true um but also, uh, I think it is maybe, at least I am prone to believe that the the boy is um, the more prescient one because he's the one that Paul did not see. 
Yes. Paul knew he was having yeah. a daughter, but did not know there was a boy. So, so I mean, I'm led to believe that he that that's the reason he didn't see him is because of his vision. True. And it muddied the waters. True, there. but Paul kind of has this moment where it, it's sort of like um, he has this bond with his son, who he names Leto, by the way. Yeah, he um, names him Leto and the daughter. Uh, d- Jizanana, Jizanana, Jizanima. No, it's like Ganima. Ganima. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing like. I think. I think I'm thinking of uh, Jelly Maxwell. (laughs) Yeah. No. None of that. Um. Paul kind of has this moment where he sees like his whole male ancestry stretching back and like all his male heirs from the future. And he sort of has this reverend father moment instead of like being a reverend mother. Uh, And so it seems like there's like this powerful male connection between, between him and his conscious baby son. (laughs) Sorry, girls. This Uh, one's for the boys. <laughs> Let's hear it for the boys. Hell yeah. Um So yeah. Babies. There's <laughs> the babies. And uh then Aliyah's like, "Oh, Paul, you got to listen to what Lickna has to say." And Paul's like, "I'll worry about it later. I don't really care." And she's like, "Oh no, I brought him." Her, she has a very important thing to to offer you. Yeah, I felt like I felt like Aaliyah should have known better than to just bring side tail into the room. You know, afterwards she she says she's like immediately racked with guilt. You yeah. know, she's like Paul. I just thought that you you had to hear this offer. You know, um, I just think she's. I mean the the explanation that I'm thinking is that she's still just very fucked up from her her overdose. Yeah. And uh not totally herself. Yeah. No, I mean and I I think that's fair. I just uh even so, I felt like it was really reckless of her, you know, not only Absolutely. obviously does she have insane prescience but you know, I just don't. I don't even know if she would like have fucking time to care. You know, she's Saint Leah of the Knife. I feel like you know, someone comes up and is like, "Oh, I gotta." I, I, I don't know. I mean, essentially, if what Sightail tells Aaliyah is like, "Oh, I need to talk with Paul because there's a way to bring back Chani," I can understand why. I, a normal person would be would be fooled by that. And it's not really like being fooled, like it's a real offer, but um I kind of felt like Aaliyah might be able to see through the Telelaju plot, you know, yeah. that that yeah. guy was not I mean when when she brings good news. when she brings Saitel in and Paul's like, well, I know who this is. This is not really Lickna. Yeah. Does, does she say that she knows too? Or, or did that actually just slip by her? No. I no, I don't think she knows. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't think she knows. I of course, but then again, maybe she does. Because like, why would she think that Lickna could like revive Chani? I guess uh, maybe she kind of recognizes through his admission that through their admission, I don't know that uh, Sightail is not not Lickna, not really Lickna. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I guess uh, it doesn't really matter if she knows or not, but at this point no. she's desperate and and um, is trying to help, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, does not really. I mean, yeah, it was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, because then, right, you know, uh, Sidetail comes in, wants to bargain with Paul, threatens to kill the babies. Yes, he's got, he's, he's, he's knifed up. And Paul is able to defeat Sightail how, Connor? So, I mean, this is another, this is one of the coolest moments in the entire book. Um, yeah, he's, he's kind of held uh at knife point or you know in in uh uh he's yeah he's held at knife point by Sightail who is essentially you know um threatening Paul uh with either the death of the babies um or him accepting his his deal uh and Paul is like thinking to himself, you know, he's he's just kind of in his head, but no vision to be found. But suddenly he he feels like he feels he has eyeballs again. He, yeah. So like he's like feeling eyeballs. He's like, wow, I've got eyeballs. Uh, then he opens his eyes and he can see. He can see like actually see the room. But it happens to be from the uh, the encasing where the babies are. So uh, and then he realizes he is he he can see through his sons through Leto's eyes. Yes. Um, which is absolutely incredible. And again, proves that this, this, this baby, this guy, this, <laughs> this Leto, I guess yeah. Leto the third, I don't know if you want to count uh, the deceased, his deceased brother or not, but yeah. Um, uh, is obviously extremely, extremely powerful, um, and and has just yeah an insane connection with Paul, um, where you know like if if Lee and Paul are are the same person in in a way I think I think Paul and his son are the same person in a way as well, um, yeah, and uh, yeah so from that vantage point Paul can Paul is able to maneuver. Um, you know, uh, his, his victory against Sightail and, uh, is able to, he stabs him in the fucking face. Yeah. He throws a knife, which is awesome. His eyeball. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's great. Yeah. It was really good. Uh, <laughs> that was, yeah, it was cool to read. Very, very tense. Um, yeah, I did feel a little like, uh, Sightail shouldn't have been let in so easy to just get the babies. I don't know, but, but anyways, you know, it's like, I don't know. Couldn't he have tricked Stilgar instead? It doesn't matter. I know. But, yeah. Stilgar, um, yeah, that's that's way more believable. But yeah, it's whatever. Um, so, Sightail's defeated. Then, the chapter wraps up. Paul wants to be taken back to his quarters. 
Chani's body is uh, is taken to get its water drained for the tribe. And instead, you know, Paul doesn't want to just like hang out with his babies or whatever. He's like, uh, he wants I gotta to be go. alone. Yep. Hate goes with him, but Jazz shows up, but Jazz kind of explains the remaining dangling plot threads. And Paul has Duncan kill Bajaz lest he be tempted by the Talelaju yeah. Shani Gola offer again. Bajaz once again offers um, to restore Chani via Gola means, um, but also points out that, I mean, according to him, this uh, the, the resurrection of Duncan Idaho was all a part of the plan. And they they yes. believed that um you you, you know uh, having having hate be ordered to kill somebody who he he really loved and cared for in his previous life would kind of snap him out of this and um, restore his his uh, his cellular memory, if you will. And uh, and they were right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But Jazz is like, oh, Sightail's plan worked. Uh, they're like, Sightail's dead, you know? And he's like, it's fine, because really the plan was seeing if we could revive the previous life of a Gola. And now that Paul and Paul's knows like Harkonnenness even comes back, you know? Right. That he, you know, he'd be even more tempted, and he is, you know? Be, he is. Be, you know, because you're right, he, he has hate kill Bajaz before he accepts his offer, because it's that tempting. Right. But it's also known that the uh, that there has to be a a lever, you know, to to make that switch happen. And yeah. so for hate slash Duncan, you know, Duncan has this irreconcilable hate for the Harkonnens, and that's like kind of what should drive him to kill Paul, knowing he's a Harkonnen. But Jazz mentions that was this the idea, the... yeah. Right, but then also, right, he thinks of Paul as the son he never had, and uh, and so like that unstoppable force meeting the immovable objects kind of shit. That's that's what makes Duncan come back, and so similarly, if you were to have a Chani Gola, Paul's like, well, what would you do? Like, you know, uh, condition her to want to kill one of her babies, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, they don't really respond, but it makes it sound like yes, you know, or something like that. Something like that to needs to be like done. That. Yeah. So, I mean, there's like a horrible price. Realistically, though, they like, I feel like they wouldn't even, they would not even restore her to her herself. They would just keep her as a as of course as a weapon for them and um right obviously that's the whole that's their whole point is that they would have total control over over paul if, yeah if that if, if he did succumb to their offer right so that's what i was gonna say like so what what is the final plan really because i get you know they're like oh you know all along we 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 didn't want hate to kill you you know they're like oh well what if what if paul was killed by hate and it's like, oh, well, then we would bargain with Aaliyah, but this is so much better. But, like, what are they really bargaining for, you know? 
do they really want all of his fucking chome company shares? Do, I, do they just want to be able to control yeah. the, it's the still, emperor as a puppet master? It still comes down to the spice, I think. And also, yeah. I mean, that, that's really the, the bottom line for them. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they say that they care about the jihad and, um, you know, I guess taking down this, this I guess, fascist, but... Um, in all reality, it's it's they want control. Yeah, of all the re- of of the resources of Arrakis, which is why they also stole a sandworm. Yes, which doesn't get brought up again. But I mean, presumably that that could be pretty big too. Yeah, there's a there's a lot lot to keep track of. Um, shit. There's a lot to talk about in this chapter. I'm kind uh-huh. of thinking we just go through the last chapter real quick, and then we can just talk about everything. Yeah, all as one yeah. one giant, you know, shitstorm. Sounds good. All right. Um, so our last chapter, the fifth chapter, is the fifth chapter is hate. Duncan, sorry, Duncan. <laughs> Uh, kind of going out into the desert to try and look for Paul. Um, yep. But having flashbacks all the while and and kind of like realizing yeah. that it's that's futile. Paul fulfilled his his fremen duty of uh, of going out into the desert to die, even though he was. I mean, because he's blind, and that is fremen tradition. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's. That's pretty much it, you know. It's it's hate, kind of fuck. It's Duncan kind of <laughs> recognizing that, um, you know, his his initial response is to try and protect Paul, and tries to stop him from from going out into the desert to die, but is unable to, and then meets up with Aaliyah, and they. Uh, admit their love for each other fully. And then it ends. And there's like a little epilogue poem that's that's pretty much just about uh, Muad'Dib going off into the desert. Now, I mean, Stilgar comes out and talks to him too. Oh, right. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, because Stilgar does yeah, they, they tie up some more loose ends. Stilgar does disobey an order, which was to not kill uh, the Reverend Mother. Yeah. yeah. And he does. So He kills the Reverend Mother and Edric. Yeah. Um, and page. then the other traitors. The other traitors, too, right? Like Korba, other people who work for Korba, right? All off page. They're dead. And, um, and yeah, and it, it, it kind of ends on, on that, on Aaliyah and Duncan's love being fully realized in the face of, uh, the, the death of Muad'Dib and Chani and the birth of their children. So a lot of, uh, you know, like life kind of springing from death. Yeah, and 
I mean, Aaliyah is is very, very, very upset with him. And I guess she, I mean, it seems like she sees differently. She sees that there there maybe was a way to save Johnny and 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 stop this. But I guess she doesn't. She, I guess maybe she would wouldn't see the uh, the bigger picture where maybe that would lead to total. Uh, or more destruction within the universe somehow in some in some far flung future. I don't know. Maybe. Um, but yeah, she 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 seems like to think that Paul could have done better. Yeah, I feel like um conflicted. I guess because uh, there's a lot that I like about this ending. And there's definitely some things that I I am hung up on as well. And I'm not just talking about this last chapter. I'm talking about, like, everything, you know? This last chapter really kind of serves as, like, a, a bowing out for Paul, it seems. Yeah. Um, that even before the epilogue, this final chapter is really just, like, you know, his send-off that he's not even around for. He's already gone, but it's it's kind of the the story I think reflecting on the life of Paul Muad'Dib and um, and that's fine I like that uh, let's let's just talk about Paul let's just talk about Paul do you think he's dead yeah um, that's the big question isn't it I think he's dead I mean, yeah, from the way this was written, I think he is dead as well. I think he's dead. Um, I don't think... I I like to imagine him um, dying with a beautiful uh, unwritten chapter like uh, we got with uh, Kynes, you know, in the middle of the desert kind of. Yeah. Uh, but um, you got to imagine that they left that open-ended for a reason, right? Yes, especially with four bo- books left. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and there's, like, I've seen the artwork, obviously, of the other books. And part of me wonders, I'm just going to throw this out here. But on God Emperor of Dune, mm-hmm. there's a giant penis. <laughs> there's a... Uh, Which uh, seems like worm a worm... Man. Yes, it seems like a worm fused with a man. And perhaps a long shot, but I wonder if it's not what became of Paul. Yeah, I mean, that's that's within the realm of possibility for sure. Um, I don't know. I, it's, I, I, I don't think the character of Muad'Dib is done. Yeah. Um, maybe his body is is dead maybe maybe you know because obviously if he's going out to the desert to the desert to die like he will die like he's not immortal right um unless he goes somewhere else to hide out or something uh but i that doesn't seem likely because because even you know they, they they say he was just shouting that he's he's finally free as he was walking out to the desert and <laughs> and honestly it, it it's it is a, it's a win for Paul he he's finally free and he he can enjoy peace now um, yeah after struggling for for so many years with his 
his oracular vision. Um, so it's 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 a very bittersweet ending. Um, but I, I think there so there's a possibility that he does survive. He like his he actually is alive physically still somewhere on Arrakis. Um, or he could it could be like a thing where he is he's alive within his children. Um, a forest ghost kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Can you pause it? Yeah, I'm gonna pause it right now. Go. Yeah, I. I think it's it's definitely left open ended because, at you know, at the very least, his influence is going to be felt, and I. I th- I think um, to that, like when you have a character like Moadib, it's like, well, h- how do you have them die, or like, how do you have them leave the story? You yeah. Know? Um, because I think that's what he's trying to to figure out, right? Mm-hmm. And so to have that kind of like vague possible death uh can you pause it again jesus fucking christ (laughs) yeah you got it so yeah um at any rate i guess i just want to mention i i think he's dead obviously with strong potential to come back maybe god emperor yeah but i and I'm really excited about leaving Paul behind. Yeah, same. Same. Um, but I guess before, maybe we shouldn't just talk about what I'm excited for, to, you know, to have happen. I, we should talk more about what, what, what does happen here at the end. Yeah. And um, I think that certain things are, are wrapped up too fast. And unceremoniously, I mean, it's the same. It's the, the the same way with the first book. Well, I mean, yes and no. Definitely, I I agree. It feels a little similar in that, like, things that feel like they could have been, uh, like, oh, you know, we're kind of like guessing what's the logical conclusion. You know, what's what's going to happen next. Uh, you know, certain things just aren't built on anymore. They're just ended, taken yeah. away. The um, um, the 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 difference I think to me is that uh, this this actually feels like an ending. Like this, I mean, and I I think I agree with people when they say that Dune Messiah is essentially an extension of Dune. It's like it's like the it's like the the uh, third book of Dune, really. Um. Because it it just it closes that story. It's and and I think it does a better job of um of ending with a, I mean, a good sword fight, but then also ending on the note of oh yeah, Chani, you're gonna be his concubine. Um. So yeah, which I appreciate for not ha- you know it 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 doesn't just like. And like oh you know he's he's the emperor now he has the princess. 
doesn't end on that. It doesn't end on, on, a, on a triumphant note, but it also doesn't feel like it's a closed book. Um, yeah, where, I mean, where, whereas this doesn't either, but it, but it feels like a more intentional ending. I guess I felt like I was like way more satisfied with Dune's ending. To be honest, I think that Dune I, concluded I was the not, things. I I mean. I, I was satisfied with it because I in in the way that I was ready to start reading Dune Messiah. I don't know. I feel like like the way Dune ends, it it just like laser focuses in on the things that are most important, and so like there's still a lot to be discussed. But you know, in order to have a to bring an end to such a story, you know, not everything needs to have a bow on it either. And so I, I think the most important things are taken care of in Dune. Um, and that's that's true here, but it, it doesn't feel... Um, like, some of it felt like it, it, it bent over backwards to be too complete. Like, I, I really think, like, the whole... Having the Reverend Mother be killed, having Edric be killed, um, it, it doesn't mean that they had to survive. You know, it, I'm fine with them dying, but the way that they were left off, you know, especially with the Reverend Mother, you know, Paul's talking with her, and she goes to Wallach Nine, and then we never hear from her again, and then she just dies, and it's like, well, well yeah, she, I don't think that should be the end for a character. And no, it and- is she's there with them at the CH for no reason. She does nothing at the CH other than be there. Yeah. And then get killed off, off page. So, yeah, well, I, I think she, I totally I think agree with you. There to be killed. Like, I think Paul's plan is to have them probably, probably. killed the whole time, you know? Well, well, no, 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 no that's not true. Cause cause still already disobeyed Paul to kill her. Or right. Duh. Um, I mean, maybe he knew that he was going to do that anyways, but maybe, at any rate, um, I just feel like from a story perspective, like when I read that, I was kind of sad. Because I mean, like before, like at the end of Dune, like some characters are killed like that, like Rabin, who doesn't really matter. It's like, okay, whatever, he dies. Um, and I mean, like there's an argument to be made, like obviously the Reverend Mother is not like a main character, but she plays a, a huge role in both books. Yeah, right. But she is really important. And um, it kind of just felt like an afterthought, you know, yeah. that and that Frank Herbert was pretty much just like, oh, well, I mean, it's over. So they're just dead. And I was as, like, as you on. were saying, um, you know, back when we were talking about Aaliyah bringing Sightail into the uh, the room. And, you know, you said, oh, maybe it would have been better if Stilgar was the one that was that brought him into the room. I felt like uh, like that's a good opportunity for being how he disobeys Paul too, instead of just saying, Oh yeah, this thing is, is, is how I disobeyed Paul. Cause you knew I was going to, to, to disobey him. So he, here's how that this yeah. is the explanation. I think that would have been a much better way to kind of bring to, uh, to wrap that up. Um, and also not have Aaliyah seem, um, you, you know, out of her depth. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I don't know. Essentially, I I like how they end Paul's story, but 
but like everyone is brought to some kind of finality one way or the other. And I don't think it had to be that way. Is all. No, no, it um, didn't. And and I'm in agreement with you. I, I think they should have left uh, the Reverend Mother and Edric's stories open-ended. I don't think they should have said, oh, they're dead now. Um, yeah, that, that, that was a head-scratcher. But for me, I think that's like literally the one moment of the last two chapters where I was like uh, kind of taken out of it. Um, or, or, or the last chapter, because, because otherwise I feel like it's, it's just a really great send off to Paul and it's, it's, it's beautifully written. And I think hate does, um, hate as a character that does a great job kind of, um, kind of coming to terms with, Oh, Paul's not coming back. There's, there's no use trying to look for him. He does not want to be found. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I do agree with your with the thoughts. I just don't think I I guess I don't think I I don't think, think they paint the chapter as maybe as harshly as they do for you. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I, I mean they they don't really spoil anything, but <clears throat> <clears throat> I guess it's 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 more like um going into the conclusion of this book, these last five chapters or the last three chapters, even really like things were still being built up, you know? And like, if you were to ask me before reading the last two chapters, like, Oh, what do you think is going to happen? I'd be like, Oh shit. Like so much can still happen. Like the Reverend mother, what if she comes back or like, what's Irland going to do? Or, you know, like what's Bajaz going to do this and that. And it's like, well, the answer to like all these interesting questions is that they all just get killed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, so I agree. Instead of, instead of having like an interesting like conclusion where it's like, Oh, everything's unraveled. And like, you know, yeah. all the cards are on the table. It's like, no, they just die. And I yeah. was like, Oh, I, I feel like for all the work that was done to flesh out these characters and to like, to have this big plot, um, the payoff really isn't entirely there, you know, especially it's like for the Talela Jew for Sightail, you know, what they want isn't even for Paul to be dead, which is what we're led to believe the conspiracy is from the very beginning. And then the characters that do want Paul dead are just killed, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it doesn't really matter. And Paul um, ends up dead anyways. Yeah. So, um, one thing that we did not, mention is um i forget it was Aaliyah or stilgar who talked about Aerolan and how she changed her tune yes yes i was just about to transition into that because that's the other thing that i think is weird too that you know it goes so like all these characters are dead and then you'd be like oh what about Aerolan? and it's like oh no she's uh fine now you know <laughs> she's <laughs> She's just accepting of everything, even after she, being... She, I mean, she wants to dedicate her life now to raising these kids. Yeah. Um, I I think she's happy because she she realizes now she can actually be the mother to the, the heirs of the throne without having to actually go through childbirth because both of their parents are dead. Yeah. I think that's the most likely. I so I think this is all setting us up for Children of Dune. Um, I think 
I think Erlan's oh, gonna no, play a big part. Oh no, of course it is. And and also I'm 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 not um um I'm not gonna rule out the Reverend Mother and Edric playing a role too. Now that we know fucking Golas can exist, nobody is really di- like it. I mean, these these things that maybe we think are are swept under the rug, maybe are not. We don't know. It's 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 hard to say. I mean, you know, we thought. I mean, I thought Duncan Idaho's death was swept under the rug in in, in Dune, and and now I mean, look look what happens to uh to his character in this book. So it's it's like, I like I agree. It took me out of it too. The, both of those things did, but I also think that maybe there is a bigger picture that we we are missing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm sure there is. I don't know if uh, it would be worth, even if there is like a payoff eventually, or or it feels like it makes sense in retrospect. I'd still be like, well, you could have told this story better in the present moment. Sure. But, yeah, that's that's. Uh, yeah, but it's it's kind of whatever. Still, still good. Um, I for one. I think it's a classic herbism. <laughs> a herbism, huh? A herbism. When you uh, end a story abruptly. Yeah. In surprising yeah. fashion. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it definitely feels like his writing style. I just don't think it... I, I don't think he landed as well as he did in Dune, honestly, because I, I think, again, the things that are concluded in Dune feel like like natural endings, and then the things that aren't ended I, uh, feel like they were superfluous in yeah. the end, that it, it didn't really matter. Well, I honestly think... And I, I, I don't feel that way here. That's where we disagree. I, I think this is the better ending. I don't think that... I think this, this ending is, is better than Dune. Um and in in Dune, like there were non superfluous things that were left up in the air, like the um, Fade Routhas kid that was just dropped, and 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 never it, true and other things that I'm not remembering. I'm sure, but uh, but I mean, I, I think they're very similar endings, and um, this one I feel like it feels more meaningful. Uh, yeah, because it ends on a note of, I guess, acceptance and. Uh, in finality for Paul, whereas the, whereas Dune kind of ended up, you're like, it was just a very head scratching moment. I keep on going back to the last line with, with Jessica and Chani. And I'm like, what? that's where you went to. Um, that's so funny though, because I, I love that line. Yeah. I think that's what like makes it. I love Jessica's like self-assuredness in, in that moment. But and, uh, what I'll say is, is that confused me. But I do think it's a good line if you look at it leading into Dune Messiah. Because, I mean, it does kind of foreshadow this conflict between Erolan and Chani that was a big part of this this book. It does. Um, so where the, fuck, where the fuck was Jessica in this book? Kaladin. She's, she was just chilling on Kaladin. I know. I was so sad. Jessica was like one of my favorite characters from Dune, and she's not I even know. in this book. She wrote a letter, you know? Yeah. Oh, what if she takes the place of Reverend Mother as as the uh, the the resident old bitch? <laughs> <laughs> she she comes back and she's the uh, cranky old uh, old grandma. Oh yeah, I could see that. Be cool. Um, man, I don't know. 
I, I'm kind of left with this feeling that, like, there's so much to talk about, and, like, I don't even know what the fuck yeah. to say. No, yeah, no, I mean, um, let's just, like, all right, so we can just give our overall, just general short thoughts on Dude Messiah as an overall. Thank you, host. As as co-host, thank you very much. Yeah, right. As a book. As all a right. Uh, so, I mean, where I'm at with that pretty much is... um. I, I love the expansion of the more out there sci-fi concepts. Um, the the way that other oracles can like hinder, uh, you know, someone with prescience that they that they can't see each other. You know that that's their blind spot. The way that that's used, that's part of this plan. The way that that like adds wrinkles to the visions um i think is super cool so i i think what dune messiah like excels at in a huge way is um the the manner in which prescience works you know which was already done so well in the first dune book absolutely um one thing like i mean just just to wrap it up in my eyes um yeah generally so i I think as obviously it's not an epic like dune was um but i i really appreciate the smaller scale and the intimacy of it um i I think it's a great character study of of paul and his followers and his family and um you know uh and you know i've seen people say that this is kind it's kind of all about oh how do you kill a god and uh i think that's like those themes that were explored in this book really, really interest me. Um, and I thought they, they did a very, very good job um, at kind of diving deep into what that could look like. Um, and they maintain, like Paul maintained his likability throughout the entire thing, even though he's, he is a well, through, through, through most of it. Well, I, I don't, I mean, I didn't dislike him for one bit. I, I, I was, you know, uh, it feels like it feels like we were a bit on the same page when the Hitler thing happened. That's all I'm saying. Okay, yeah, but so when he said that, yes, you're like, well, he's actually awful, but then he keeps on winning you over because he's like, yeah, I know I'm awful. I can't fucking help it. This is the best I can do. So you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he he's not like willfully malicious. We don't or we don't see him willfully that malicious. You know, in in bad faith, very often. According to him, he has no will. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. That's, so he, it's true. He can't be willfully good either. He feels like a victim. I mean, he doesn't feel like a hero, but he feels like a victim. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I really appreciate ending the ending on a on a down note. You know, with his his demise. Um, and uh, there's plenty of parallels you can you can talk about with with uh, Star Wars and the twins and the mother dying and you know all this yeah. stuff. Um, uh, which I think is interesting. Maybe we can save that for another time. But uh, but I feel like um, it's it's a really good companion piece to Dune, and it does it to me. It feels like the continuation of of the story and kind of the closing of of Muad'Dib's chapter. And um, yeah, set, it's it's also a setup for Children of Dune. So I think it does it serves its purpose, and I think it does it well. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm with you. I think it's good. Tony keeps asking me if, like, if it's good. 
And I'm like, well, I don't like it as much as Dune. But yeah. it's not Dune anyways. No, it's so not it's, it's not it's not the same. Yeah, it's, it's like it's I not mean, better or worse, you know, it's no, different. It, yeah, it's a different story and it's 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 it's, a, it's very engrossing throughout, you know, it it's it's a page turner. There there's no there's no time off in this book, really. It's it's a uh, yeah, it's it's very concise. I would have finished it in a, in just like a, a few days if I didn't you know, wait between the chapters. So um yeah. I'm excited for Children of Dune. I'm going to start it tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like um So that's that's the plan. We're going to talk about the first 5 chapters yes, of Children next of Next week. Children of Dune. Next week. One one week from now. One week from now. Children of Dune. Possibly back on Doomsday Tuesday. Doomsday Tuesday. And with a brand new theme song that I have have uh, figured out in my head. You're going to love it. Thrilling. You're going to love it. Um, um, all right. Well, I, I mean, I can uh, shout out our uh, socials unless you have anything else you want to add. No, no. I know it's time. I uh, I don't know. There's much more to be said, but... Uh, I, I, I know. I know. It's tough. Okay. Well, we're not going to be saying any more, but I don't know. Maybe we'll... I'll think of something. Maybe we'll continue to talk about this. This is not the end. This I, is, yeah, this is not the I'm end not, of, our, of, of our discussion on Dune Messiah. I mean, we're we're it's it's going to be reverberating throughout the next, you know, books and all in and everything else we're going to do on this show. So uh, there's always more time to discuss our thoughts. Um, and we will. Word. All right. Uh, hey, plug away, buddy. All right. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Crups TV. Email us at dune dudes pod at gmail.com um and until next time get ready for children of dune hell yeah